Welcome listeners to episode 55 of Re-Educating Dad, the cross-generational talk show. We're going to be talking today, such a simple, uncontroversial topic. I'm here with my lovely daughter, Little Tone, who founded this podcast with me at the beginning of the lockdown over a year ago. How are you today, Little Tone? Yeah, I'm okay. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling a little bit congested. I'm having some spring cleaning and uh, there's a lot of dust in my house and it's now in my chest. So apologies if I'm a bit wheezy. Maybe you should dust your house more often. Yeah, yeah. maybe I should ha- have some help dusting it. That would be good. Hint, hint. Other house, <laughs> house sharers. House sharers, yeah. <laughs> so uh, before we get into our main meal, tomorrow's a big day in our COVID journey, which of course was the thing that started off this, um, this podcast. Tomorrow is May the 17th, and that is phase three of unlocking so yeah shops are open shops are open we can go and eat inside in people's houses and in restaurants and pubs so how are you feeling about that um i'm feeling hopeful and positive with a small um bit of caution i think um i feel quite protective over my health and the health of my loved ones but um I think that we have to get on with our lives and um, I think that these places need to get open. So yeah, I'm feeling kind of like hopeful. Um, I'm definitely not feeling negative. How are you feeling? I'm feeling good about it. Um, I have serious doubts as this of course is the penultimate step in the unlocking. We are supposed to be totally unlocked on June the 21st, which is the next and final stage. Uh, based on the current roadmap, um, I think that's in jeopardy. That tw- that total unlocking on the twenty first of June, I think that's because in- of the Indian variant. Yes, um, I, I think that uh, that is looking quite worrying, um, and uh, you know it's it's important that we don't rush this. Really, after all the good work that we've done. Um, so uh, I am a, uh, I'm a little apprehensive about that. But I think on, on the whole, I think it's, it, we're in as good a place as we can be, really. Um, so that's all I'm going to say about that. Anyway, let's get on to our main topic. Uh, of course, this is a cross-generational talk show. Um, I'm very old and you're not very young, but you're reasonably young. Hi, take offense to that. Ben. I am very youthful. <laughs> Ben, my grandson Ben, who joins us on this cross-generational um, talk show, is very young. He's uh, just qualified as an adult, as 18. Unfortunately, he's doing his A-levels at the moment. And uh, he was with us last week. But was he with us last week? He was, wasn't he? Was he or wasn't he? I can't remember now. I'm sure he was. No, wasn't he? Um, I don't know. Anyway, it doesn't matter. What, what did we talk about? <laughs> um, we talked about Noel Clark getting cancelled and... Oh, yeah, he was. Trickle-down economics. Yeah, I think he was, yeah. yeah, that's right. So he came back for a little while because he had a break in his exams, but now he's, he's um, back swatting up. So, yeah, so um, obviously when he's on, we have uh, a real cross, um, cross-section of um, age groups. But 
I'd like to think about this as, because we're not experts, of course, as I'm sure is very evident on all the topics that we talk about. Um, and it's just, this is like a, an ordinary family conversation, which is what it is. And it's what any family might have around the dining room table. Uh, what, and, and it's very interesting to hear people's differing points of view, which are informed very often by where they are age-wise so that that's the whole that's what this is all about i have in many ways different views to you little tone because i you know i grew up in a different era which you're very mm -hmm. wont to point out to me quite often <laughs> um, and i am and I, and I recognize that but i i think that through discussion which is the way things are resolved in the world or should be through discussion, uh, you know, we work things out. We understand each other's differing points of view. We sometimes have to compromise. Uh, we often have to compromise. And I think those are good things. So that really feeds in quite nicely to what we're going to talk about here, doesn't it? Because and sometimes we're, we're re-educated. <laughs> yes, well, <laughs> indeed. <laughs> Not often, but sometimes. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm the one that has to be re-educated because it's called re-educating dad. Yeah, and you have re-educated me in many ways. Uh, awesome. But let's see what we because I have no actually I don't really know what you think about this topic, and I and I'm not really sure what I think about it. So perhaps we can work that out in the few minutes that we're going to have together the next uh, uh, half an hour or less now. Uh, so you wanted to. It's about the Israeli-Palestinian conflict and the you know the increasing tensions over there which are headed it seems towards war all-out war the way we're going and you wanted to frame it in from the point of view of indi what individuals what we as individuals might be able to do um in this situation i'm not entirely sure what you meant by that maybe you could uh, maybe you could put some flesh on that bone well, I think that we've just got so many awful things happening in the world. And um, I guess growing, in, growing up and developing in um, cultural spaces, you know, art spaces and stuff like that, you are often exposed to activism or learn about activism and about the choices you can make to help make the world a better place, uh, which has been a really important thing to me. Um, even, you know, though what I do is probably quite small. Um, and, um, you know, the conflict that's been going on in Israel and Palestine is horrific. You know, it, it, it's been war for years, really. Uh, you know, there have been, uh, there have been sort of like truces that have been made and then they've been broken. And I mean, children are being killed. Um, it's just, it's so awful. And it seems to be very much like a, you're either on one side or, or another. And um, I just wonder what, how, we, how we as individuals can help support change and peace in an area that's so far away from where we live. You know, the privilege of being in the UK or in another country is that we can go, oh, that looks awful. I can just turn the news off. I, I don't think I can handle this today. Um, but, you know, if you're living in those conditions... And, you know, you, you're seeing people die in the streets in front of you or you're being bombed left, right and centre, just trying to live your daily lives. I think that you need you need um, support from the outside world. 
um, it's really tricky because it's really hard to know when to step in or, or, or not. But I think that it's really important that we keep looking at where the money is going. And I think in this situation, there's definitely been funds um, supporting one side from the US. Um, and that is something that we can do something about is, is to put a spotlight on how some of these people are getting bombs, you know, how they're being supported with weapons. Um, could we, could we I, don't of, know. I, I know what you're saying and we'll, we can definitely talk more about that, but can we just sort of get down to what, what, what do you think about, what do you think it's all about? And do you have any particular sympathies for one side over the other? Um, this is so bad, but I did actually, I watched an amazing video which explained um, what was happening on Instagram, which I think I linked you to. Um, I think you did. And I've got a really bad issue with absorbing information at the moment, um, which is, I think is something to do with this kind of like being bombarded by, you know, horrible things that are happening in the world all the time. You know, so um, I think that it's, it's quite hard to absorb all of this stuff when it's, it's really quite, a, has quite a big effect on your mental health. Um, but from what I understood, uh, from what I understood is um, that Palestine went from being one, one space that was divided up with communities of Jewish people who, that were looking to settle and they just kept fighting with neighboring areas about territory. Um, and th I think I said that there were these two sort of like parties that came into play. Um, I'm just trying to go back to this um, well, I think video. I, I mean, I, I struggle. I, I mean, I don't know much, you know, I don't know enough about this conflict at all. Um, but, you know, let's, we know well, that Palestine had a little bit of area and Israel was a much larger space. And I think the Palestinian area started to grow quite considerably, um, not overnight, but in like the 1900s. And um, <clears throat> it was quite a religiously diverse area. And, um, you know, Christians, you know, oh God, it is, it's really complicated. It is very complicated. There has been a big... Um, a huge amount of Jewish settlers that have moved over from other countries to try and, you know, find, find a bit of land that's theirs. Um, and I think that they've had continuous fight back from the people already in, in, in the area. I don't want, I don't want to say Israel or Palestine because for me, I just don't, I'm not educated enough to say who owned what and when it became. Well, I mean, from, Going way back, the Jewish, the Jewish people, uh, emigrated, needed yeah. to needed to needed to find a place to live. Basically, right? The, the Zionist yeah. the Zionist idea was to not only be a religion but a but a nation, mm. and so they established a nation, and that nation, of course, was Israel. But in doing so, of course, as happens in these situations, you find you find yourself moving into territories that other people 
feel they have a pre-existing claim to. And this obviously gave rise to um, normal um, conflict over land because, you know, most this, this is, I, I see this as a conflict over land first and foremost. Um, and uh, ultimately there was a, because we, we were sort of the colonial power, obviously at one stage, weren't we? And uh, we, we, yeah. we, we carved it all up, didn't we? we? But we were, we were, we had empire on the right hand side of um, Palestine. <laughs> <laughs> sorry on the right, on the right hand yeah, the side of israel israel Correct. sorry yeah yeah god um, see how bad i am um but it seems that the conflict was between the arabs and the jews basically and the yes. violence between the two sides caused britain to bow out of the situation we were basically like oh god. we basically went well, we've had enough of this but see you, you later this is really scary <laughs> we're going to go back to our own countries um you know, we really had no place being there in the first place, and I think the UN then took over. Well, yeah, we we and, when we when we decided to bow out, as you said, and we're getting out of here, kind of thing. We we handed it over gladly to the UN and said, "Well, this is your first problem, UN." Yeah, but then the <laughs> UN wanted this. to split good luck it. with that. Want, yeah, and that yeah, typical British way. And then the UN decided that they were going to try and split it into two states. And they did um, a dog's dinner out of it, didn't it? They made a jigsaw puzzle that, that made absolutely no sense to really. I mean, it was a complete... No, well, because it was like, yeah, like you said, it was like 43.5% Palestine and then 56.5% Israel. But it wasn't like any kind of like divide no. that would make it easy. It was like a patch up here, a patch down there. and Totally illogical, you know, really. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there must have been some logic behind it, but it, it, it definitely looked. You know, they often describe as a, a describe a camel as a horse that's been designed by a committee. That's basically this looks like a, you know a land apportionment that's been designed by lots of competing ideas. You know, and it, you, what you end up with is something really ugly and not. And very really, I think that the other tricky thing is that. They, you have the city of Jerusalem, which is kind of like bang in the middle, which is obviously sacred to Muslims, uh, Christians and Jews. And it's now, it was now then like a UN controlled international zone. Um, but sort of like, <clears throat> I think the Jewish people sort of like accepted the UN agreement and the declare of independence of the state of Israel. Um, <coughs> sorry, Des. But, they, but, but they're surrounded by Arab countries. So you've got like Egypt, Jordan, and Syria. So they're still really a minority. And who anyway, are? I think... Who are, who are a minority? The Jews. Well, I, I because think... Because they're surrounded by Arab countries. You know, like they've got the this, this state that's been split into two in a really bad way. But also all of the surrounding um, countries are all arab countries um yes. yes but but the thing is that the palestinians are stand out really on their own as people who are really you know, they're stateless really in a way i mean mm. you know gaza was was um it seemed to be the you know that was the place that was supposed to be given to them and that was supposed to be their land but what's happened there was of course the six-day war 
um, and uh, Israel. Well, the Arab-Israel war. Yes. Mean, well, and it, yeah. it was called. It's called the Six Day War because guess what? It lasted for six days. But it, Israel, um, you know, won it hands down. Um, and but they have gone so much further. Israel, because this is not. This is not a, a conflict between equals, is it? Is, Israel is a is Israel is is a is a superpower, and I mean it's a mini superpower. It's got it's a nuclear um, it's a nuclear country. Um, it's got fine military capability. It's as you rightly say, totally backed by the U.S. with billions and billions of dollars every year for armaments. Um, they have this system, which I'm sure you are aware of, called Iron Dome. <clears throat> yeah. No, oh, actually, I'm sorry, I'm so, not. Okay, I'm not. so so you know that you know that you know that um, the the Palestinians, or or rather Hamas, fires these rockets um, towards Israel. Um, is, Israel um, has a, a, a defense system that's called the Iron Dome. No, I do know and that it which takes they, those they rockets shoot, it, out. Yeah. yeah, so you can go onto YouTube and you can actually see it I didn't working. I did that's what it was called, but yeah, I, I actually saw a video the other day, which is um, it's I was incredible. Blown away that, yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it's an incredible system, and as far as it's, it's pretty much a hundred percent. It's close to a hundred percent effective. Wow, that's amazing. Um, and uh, so, uh, so you know, pallets, the, the Palestinian people have nothing like that. And uh, the fact is, it seems to me, and I have no dog in this fight at all. I, you know, I'm, I, I, as you know, I have no religious beliefs at all. Um, and, you know, I, I'm, I just look at it in, as independently as I, well, I, I look at it independently because I have, I have no interest in, in, you know, particular interest in either side. But I would like to see, obviously, as most people would, this conflict resolved. But it seems to but, me that the if, if I look at it, the more and more I learn about it, the more I think that is Israel, the Israelis are the aggressors. I know they say they're not. I know they say that that um, Hamas is a terrorist organization and that it, it is, you know, it's, it's terrible and disgusting. Uh, and I don't know enough about that, but it, it's everything I learn about it. It seems to me that Israel is an occupying power. Mm. and that the Palestinians well, are effectively, they're not on their own land because it's controlled entirely or almost entirely by the Israelis. They, they control almost every aspect of their lives. They evict Palestinians from their homes. They confiscate well, property. Well, I think after, after that war, they then, they then had 78% of the country, you know, of historic Palestine. So... Again, yeah, like you say, that they even just like in, in when you look at that, they have to be the aggressor. They've taken over. They've taken over the whole there, area. It seems to me that it's inarguable that they are an occupying power, and and as far as I can, as far as I've been able to understand it, the the, the international community says that their occupation and their, their um, settlement on those lands is unlawful. They also took uh, West Je uh, Jerusalem as well, which obviously Jerusalem was sacred to all the religions, and somehow they managed to take over the west side of Jerusalem. 
Well, I don't think there's any somehow about it. I mean, they are just so mighty that they can they can essentially do whatever they like. I mean, they can bring, as we've seen on the news, they can bring down buildings. I mean, you know, I know they they give one hour's notice for people to be able to get out, but they can bring down buildings at will. Um, you know, that that it seems to me that they are hell bound on rubbing the Palestinian people well just grind grinding them into the you know mud really yeah well they made after that they made 700,000 refugees they made 700,000 Palestinians refugees literally living in tents sure so um, we seem to be we seem to be of the same view um i mean i'm not saying that the palestinian side is perfect by any means um you know i think that they've done, made some bad mistakes uh, but I don't think it's true, you know, when, when the Americans say, and we the, in the UK government say over and over again, Israel has the right to defend itself. Well, of course it does, as any nation does. But then doesn't Palestine, don't the Palestinian mm. people have the right to defend themselves? And why keep making out that it's the Palestinians who are the aggressors? And just simply to keep pointing to Hamas and say, well, it's a terrorist organization, um, I don't think tells the whole story. Um, and, you know, I feel very uneasy about it. And I think that there are actually quite a lot of Jewish people who feel uneasy about it too. I mean, I was, a, as you may remember, I have been a great respecter um, of the views of Christopher, the late Christopher, the late and great Christopher Hitchens, who was very much, I think, talking along the lines that uh, you and I are talking along here, Jew a Jewish guy. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he had grave, grave misgivings about the way the Israeli government were dealing with this um, issue. So I, I think that, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of the world that is, 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 uns is, is decreasing in its support for Israel. And, mm. uh, you know, I, I think that, well, you know, the fact of the matter is that this is about land. And when it comes to land, you can pretty well say that it's a truism to say that might is always right. Isn't it? I don't know what you mean by that. What I mean is that he who has the greatest power will own the land. Yeah. I mean, oh, right. Okay. It's that simple. I mean, I, when I say right, I don't mean morally right. Oh, I mean, okay. That's I mean, what I was, thought you meant. I mean right in the sense of like anything, you know, I mean, what, whatever the powerful say, say goes. I mean, it, 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 you know, it, it's that simple. And Israel is a very, very powerful nation. And they can get away with anything. And, you know, you can always argue. I mean, I've, I've been involved one way or another in litigation through my business life um, many, many times. And, you, you, you know, people can always justify their position. You know, you can always justify your position and make out mm. an argument. Um, uh, but I think that independent people standing back and looking at this conflict will see that really it's just the fact that Israel is a mighty power um, and can effectively do whatever it likes particularly with the backing of america which i think should take a more independent line because the first thing out of their mouths every time is always israel has the right to defend itself 
why not say they both? Sounds like we're really on the same page. (laughs) Yes, but why not say they both have the, look, guys, you both have the right to defend yourselves. Now let's talk about this. How do we resolve this problem? But while you're giving unconditional love to one side, reinforced and underscored by billions and billions in armaments, you're not being independent. Mm, You're not being an honest broker. And America really is the only, America is the only one that can really resolve this issue because they hold the cards. I mean, you know, they, they, they what do. What is going on in America? Like, honestly, they do have such leverage a power. And, it, and, it, and it's a little bit disappointing. No, it's not. It's, it's quite a lot disappointing that Biden, who, you know, one would hope would be, um, you know, have a quite different view to Trump on this. No, I'm a little bit surprised that Biden is not taking more of a independent, uh, honest broker position here and bringing because you can't bring these two sides to the table on the basis that you as the referee are saying that one of them is worse than the other, because Mm. there's bad on good both sides and there's good on both sides. Um, And I think, you know, that's one well, that's my view of it is it, it it just doesn't seem right you know israel is clearly an occupying false force it's clearly acting like an occupying power uh, that is controlling so many aspects of the palestinians lives well yeah <laughs> um but we have to get back to your question so what can we do about it what can individuals do about it well, I think the main thing is educating ourselves, listening, um, trying to understand, you know, history and be up to date on what's happening right now. I think that, that clearly by listening to me, um, I'm, I'm, I'm still struggling to sort of like stay on top of what, what happened and who is doing what and stuff like that. So I think education is really important. And I think uh, it's something that we... Um, really don't have enough of in the UK in terms of like educating young people as well as well as like just international news there isn't enough international news on this subject um, in in my opinion there isn't Um, enough independent news yeah so definitely not enough when I hear mainstream interviewers you know they they seem very much to be accepting accepting of the Israeli side um, or too accepting of the of the Israeli side and what they have to say. So you can read the AFSC's principle for a just and lasting peace. What's um, the AFSC? I don't know what that's short for. Let me have a look quickly. American Friends Service Committee. So what are they? Do we know what they are? Um, it did, the document is about community and your adult religious education curriculum. Well, what are they saying? Um, devoted to, well, it's, it's basically, uh, is there a program devo- devoted towards peace? So yeah. you would hope anyone that's sort of like devo- devoted towards peace is not going to have uh, as much of a biased opinion on on either side um, 
because obviously it's about coming to a compromise. Yeah. Um, um, I think that you can take economic action um, by what sort you mean of like by boycotting Israeli goods. Exactly. Well, boycotting and divesting from uh, human rights abuses against Palestinians um, by Israeli government, I think. Um, so, so yeah. I mean, it's again, it's a lot of research. Um, but, but you know, even in the sense of what we're talking about with America, um, you know, I, I'm a firm believer in trying to sort of like track where the money's coming from, <laughs> like we've talked about with veganism and everything, mm. looking at who is, who is financially supporting um, this feud or, you know, th this violence. And, um, you know, I, I, for instance, I know in Brighton uh, there was a big thing about... Um, HSBC, the bank, and how they're helping to fund the uh, the ongoing war out there. Um, so that's probably worth looking into. Where I thought um, this discussion might end up um, getting into, um, but we're coming sort of quite close to the end of our time together now. But uh, you know, I, getting back to my point about might is always right, um, and you know what, and I qualified what I meant by right. Uh, this to me is why I think it's so misguided. And you and I, you may, you and I may well disagree over this, but this probably comes from my great age. But, but this is why, why I think it's so misguided when people talk about we should do away with our nuclear weapons. You know, the fact is that that's the only way. Those are the only thing. Your weaponry, your army, your navy, your air force. Those are the only things that you have that protect your freedom. They're the only things. Nothing else does. If it, because countries that can behave in the way, well, we're right because we just are. Mm. And if you don't think we're right, well, we might send a few battalions uh, to persuade you that we're right. There's that great thing. You haven't seen Hamilton, have you? No, not yet. I haven't. I've been oh. told to a thousand times. Oh my God! I mean, oh, there's 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 a fantastic parody in that of King uh, George. Uh, there's a you know the king at the time. There's a fantastic parody of him where he took where you know he sings basically uh, about his love for you American people, <laughs> when he's of course <laughs> oppressing them and making them pay taxes and and uh, you know bearing homage to him um, and I think it's uh, you know I think it's very instructive um, in what we're talking about here that you know you've got to be able to defend yourself if you think back to the second world war which of course neither of you or nor I were al alive in but my my father fought through it um, you know and you think about how Germany had the ability to invade all those countries and uh, you know, to occupy, um, occupy our beloved France. You know, you love France. I love France. Um, you know, you think that whole country was occupied by that power, mm. and they they could do nothing really except little. Bit, you know, they had a French resistance, didn't they? That was aid, aided by us um, through spies and so on. 
Um, but, uh, you know, and, and no doubt that would be characterized in these Israeli-Palestinian terms, that would be characterized, the French resistance would be characterized as terrorists, right? That's mm -hmm. how they'd be characterized, terrorists. We don't think yep. of these terrorists, do we? We think of them as freedom fighters because they were an occupied country. Um, and this is what I mean by, you know, we have to protect ourselves. Ultimately, we were only able to get out of being enslaved as a people through our weaponry. Nothing else would have cut any ice. Sending them a strong letter wouldn't, although Chamberlain wanted to do that, wouldn't have cut any ice. No, yeah. but you're, you know, if you, there's the one violent area, you know, there's the violence going on over there, but I think it's like no one's taking a look at America and, you know, the United States and foreign corporations are like deeply enmeshed in the politics and actions that are like perpetuating the injustices towards Palestinians. And you know why? Because this is, this is part of their history and our history. No, it's, it's simpler than that. It's because might is right. And America is the might. I don't might. like that saying. <laughs> America is the, you may not like it. And, you, and I did qualify what I meant by right. Yeah, no, I know. Not but... morally right. Not even legally right. Just yeah, right but, I mean, because we say I'm just so. Saying there's, there's, wrong, there's wrong with violence, but the wrongdoing that America is doing is so underhand and, and, and scary you know, about where, who they're sending money to, who they're helping with weapons, who they're, do, do you know what I mean? Like it's all done like quietly and, well, they will you know, have... everyone's just looking at the violence. We're all looking at Palestine and Israel and we're going, you know, they're, they're violent people. They, you know. They will have arguments you know. that will be able to justify what they're doing. Of course but, they do. But whether they are arguments that should be accepted is a different matter, but they are accepted because America is a might, the mightiest power in the world. And, and it comes down to the strength of your armament and your defenses. And that's why we must never go in the direction of stripping ourselves through you know, our mor moral virtitude, no, that's not the right word, <laughs> our moral <laughs> superiority, whatever it is, we must never go in that direction of stripping ourselves of our weapon, weaponry um, because without that weaponry, we'll be vulnerable, yeah. we are vulnerable to, you know, to anybody who is mightier than, than we are. So that's, that's, my, um, that's my, concluding, my concluding statement on the matter. Mm. So, I'm you got sorry any... that I haven't been. Yeah, I'm sorry that I haven't been full of beans today. But I do think this is a really interesting subject um, and something really worrying that's happening in the world that we don't, we aren't, we you know, aren't getting any independent press on really uh, or unbiased press on. And I think it's a really important thing to educate yourself on and learn more. Um, so yeah. yeah, I mean, I, it's I probably... been very interesting for me to talk with you about it dad because it's it's something that's happening in the world that's really important i agree and it's been lovely to talk to you about it as always um i don't know nearly enough about this this topic i should probably know a lot more but those i've just sort of 
said how I feel about it based on the things that I've been able to pick up. I'm sure there are a lot more knowledgeable people out there. I'm sure I will be, be put right as I often am by our lovely listener base. Um, so do dear listeners, you know, give us your views on this. Um, and, uh, you know, if you think we're wrong, then tell us why, uh, we, we would love to, um, hear your feedback as we always do. Um, so, um, Thank you for staying with us on our journey here. And uh, please do check in with our YouTube channel uh, where you can, a few days after we release the audio of these podcast uh, episodes, you will be able to see us actually recording them on video. Um, so you, some of you like to, to see us um, uh, as well as listen to us. So you can do that. So until next time, it's goodbye from me. And goodbye for me. Have a nice weekend. Thanks, everyone. Rest of your weekend. <laughs> See you next time. And goodbye to the dog. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>